Our God and Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that while we were yet in sin, Jesus came and died for us. All glory, Lord, all honor be ascribed unto your name in the name of Jesus. Father, as we gather here today, Lord, we ask that you speak to us again. Remind us of the reason for which Jesus came. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Today is another special day in the midst of God's people. It's Christmas. Sometimes it looks as if the children understand it better than the adults do. Because as children we remember new clothes, rice, um, chicken, you know, outings. And so the adults sometimes are busy preparing these things for the children. And they themselves forget the reason for the season. Today, we remind ourselves yet again that the reason for those clothes we were bought as children, the reason for which we cook for the children to eat, the reason for which we are even able to do these things, the reason for which we are alive today is because Jesus came. Somebody do something again for Jesus. Just look to your left or to your right and tell the person next to you, say, Merry Christmas. If you like, say, Happy Christmas. You know, my wife used to tell me that it is not Happy Christmas, that it is Merry Christmas. But I have thought about it and um, I realized that you cannot be merry if you are not happy. So, if you want to say Happy Christmas, just feel free. What is important is that we are honoring God on a day like this. And we will continue to honor him all the days of our lives in the name of Jesus. You know, the truth is, many people have come up with a lot of arguments and discussions, if you like. They say, why celebrate the birth of Jesus? Did he ask you to celebrate but they themselves, if you give them a Christmas gift, they will take you. They say, well, even if you have to celebrate, who told you it is on December 25th? It may not be. Probably not. But what is important is that we need to at each time, at each point in time in our lives, remember that, that, that once upon a time, Jesus came into this world. God entered this world in human flesh. That's all that I want to say today. Let's leave the arguments for the theologians. And remember that Jesus came as man. Praise the Lord. And since his coming, things have not remained the same in the lives of men. And so even those who have said a lot of things about him, They can't stop it. They can't help it. But you find that each date at least that we live in, they say it is either AD or BC. And so this year is uh, AD 2016. So whether they like it or not, he is a point of reference in many aspects. Praise the Lord. Amen. However, it is also worthy of note that even though scripture 
prophesied that Jesus will come. In fact, if you go through scripture, up to 40 prophecies that Jesus will be born. Yet, does it not surprise you also that even when it was time for Jesus to be born, the CNN was not there. NTA was not there. The media houses of those days, they were not there. They did not know. Even the very king in whose domain he was born did not know. Despite all the prophecies. But how would they know when they do not understand the signs of the times? Will you know when Jesus comes again? Will you know when he comes again? Or will you just be looking for your friend who you can't find anymore? You will not even be able to realize that your friend has been raptured. May no one be raptured without you going to in the name of Jesus. The impetus for which I stand here today to speak to us, really, is that Jesus was born. If he wasn't ever born, I'm sure there wouldn't be any reason for me to come and stand here today to be talking to us about Christmas. But one question that is important, very pertinent to ask is, why was Jesus born? Why did he have to come? Have we considered that question deeply in our hearts? John chapter 3 verse 16. That's one scripture that everybody knows by heart. So shall we all just chorus it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now can we say it meditatively? Let's go again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that was why the adulterer who was guilty was suddenly declared innocent. That was why the tax collector who was very corrupt was suddenly dining and whining with Jesus. And that was why blind Bartimaeus called out to him and said, Master, son of David, have mercy on me. And he received his sight. And that was also why the man by the side of Jesus, when he was crucified, reached out to him and said, Master, have mercy on me. Remember me when you get to your paradise. And you know what Jesus told him? He said, look, not tomorrow, but today you will be with me in paradise. This was a man who did not pay any tithe. He didn't have the privilege to pay a tithe. No privilege to come for prayer meetings. No privilege to go for outreaches. No privilege. Not that he would not have gone. But he didn't have the privilege like you and I. Yet, Jesus said, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, Jesus still says to us, He says, Come, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That check is still open to anyone who is ready to receive, to believe. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, many rejected him in those days, at that time when he came. And today, many have also rejected him. Where do we stand? Let's just go into the scriptures and see the action, what the people who 
behold, who beheld him at that time, what their reactions were. What did they do? How did they receive him? Or how did they reject him? Let's go to the scripture. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Before we go there, you know, this is a story that we all know very well. So we need to be a little practical here. Now, it was time for for Joseph and Mary to move to their hometown in Bethlehem. Because of the census that was to take place. And so they moved. They went to their hometown. That is their own place. To their omunna. To their omunne. That was where they went to. And you know, just imagine that you are maybe Neuwomunna Jesus, Neuwomunna at that time. Or that you are the innkeeper at that time. Or the midwife at that time. Don't tell me there were no midwives then because at least we, we learned from the story of Moses that, that there were midwives. Or you are the doctor who was supposedly supposed to attend to him. Or to Mary. At that time. Or you are the owner of the inn, not just the innkeeper. You, you have the building to yourself. And suddenly, prophecies of years ago, almost hundred, hundreds of years before he was born. And suddenly, Mary and Joseph come knocking on your door. Please, this time for this woman to give birth. What would you have said? Would you have done something different from what they did? Would you have done something different? You are the innkeeper. Or you are the owner. Or you are the nurse, the midwife, the doctor. Anything, or even the sweeper. What would have been your response? Now, let's see. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. If you find it, please just read. I already have it, so, but if, if you're not fast, I'll read. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Anybody? Talking about Mary, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Because there was no room. For them in the end. Jesus. Is there room for Jesus now? In our hearts. You know one interesting thing about this particular verse. Is that if you read it superficially. You may not really understand what it is saying. It is not saying that there was no room in the end. Please read, 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 read it again. And she brought forth. Her firstborn child, yes, born son, and wrapped him in the swelling clothes, and lay him in a manger, yes, because there was no room in the inn. There was no room in the inn for them. There was no room for them. I don't know if you found for them in your own scripture. There was no room for them. You know, if you understand how hotels operate or hospitals operate, you will know that there is really no time you go to a hospital that there will not be room. It depends on who you are. So there, there, there was the, if the governor had come at that time, he needed maybe his wife had to put to bed. There would have been room, I assure you. But there was no room for them. 
And who were the them? It was Joseph, Mary, and who? And Jesus. In your house, maybe three bedroom apartments, if someone just comes now and, you, you, and says, please, I'm stranded. Could you just house me for a night? You may, ah, no, 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 no. I don't have room. There's no room. It is not that you cannot make out a space for the person to sleep. If the venerable suddenly comes and says, I'm traveling, but oh, I, I don't know. Something happened. Can I just spend the night in your... You will make room. Is that not so? But because they did not know him, neither did they care to understand the times. They just said he should go. We have no room for you. And so where did he find room? Because there will always be room somewhere. But where was the room? In the manger. You know, scripture says that if men don't praise God, even the stones will raise up and begin to... If you don't recognize God when he comes, animals recognize him. If you were at... If you were in the church last Sunday, the choir was singing a particular song and you were hearing animal noises. Are you wondering what those animal noises were? I'm not wondering because I know that the animals were praising God. That they were beholding such an important event. Men did not recognize it. But the animals knew. Some were making noises like a koroko. Whatever noises they were making. But they knew that the son of man had been born. Unfortunately, men did not know. Praise the Lord. But do you know, you who is sitting here today, do you know that Jesus has been born? And do you know that he has been born for a purpose? And what have you done since you have, gone, since you have known? What have you done? Prophecies have come again at this time. That he will yet come again. Or haven't you heard? Church, haven't you heard that he will come again? At least I have heard, and I'm sure you have also heard. If you haven't heard before, at least hear it now. He will come again. Don't say you haven't heard. He will indeed come again. But this time he will not come like a baby. He will come like a king. To give judgment to all flesh. When he comes, how will he find you? Like the shepherds. Like the wise men. Or like the innkeeper. Or like Herod. As the disciples were staring at Jesus when he was ascending unto heaven. An angel suddenly appeared and said, "Uh -uh, Why are you staring like this? And the angel began to sing to them. He said, He is coming back again. My Lord is coming back again. He went away and promised that he's coming back again. He's coming back again. My Lord is coming back again. All glory, hallelujah. He's coming back again. Okay, now that you have known that Jesus is coming back again, what are you doing about it? How many people have you told about it? How many have you prepared? Luke chapter 2 verse 11. We read about the angel telling the shepherds 
that look, for unto you this day is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And when the shepherds heard the news, what did they do? Just like we are hearing it today. What did they do? Luke chapter 2 verse 17. Please if you find it, read. Now when they had seen him. When they have seen him. They made widely known. They made him. widely known. They began to preach. Go on. The saying which was told them. That thing which the angel told them. That his savior has been born. They began to make it widely known. Go ahead. Verse 18. Verse 18, yes. And all those who heard it marveled. And all those who heard it. So people heard it. And they marveled and considered it in their hearts. And certainly many of them would have come to Christ because of that message. Go on. Verse 20. 20. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. And they returned glorifying and praising God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What about the wise men? What was their own response? Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king? They came, saying, Where is he? Who has been born king? Where is he who has been co- born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. We have seen his star. In the east. And have come to worship him. You know if you understand what it means. They have seen his star. You know Jesus does not enter a place. And light will not shine. It is just not possible. He says where is he that has been born? We have seen his star. Show us where he is. That we may come and worship him. Praise the Lord. These wise men came. They didn't just come to, I mean, they didn't know where Jesus was particularly. But they were seeking after him. They were trying to find out where he was. They were searching diligently. How many of us are still seeking Jesus today? A popular saying is that wise men still seek Jesus. They haven't stopped. But the fool says in his heart that there is no God. What a contrast. Yet so true. Consider the gifts also that the wise men brought to Jesus. They brought gold, frankincense, and ma. These gifts had a lot of prophetic implication. Gold was fit or still fit for a king. And Jesus is a king. Frankincense fit for a priest. For sacrifices. And Jesus is our great high priest. And then ma. Is something that is used to prepare a body. For burial. And you could imagine. Even at the time he was being born. <laughs> it was already known. That he was being born to do what? To die. Meanwhile, you and I, the very day a child is born, they say, he will live. Live, 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 live. Of course, to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But Jesus was born. And from the very day he was born, he was born to die. To suffer and to die. 
not for himself, but for you and I. Luke chapter 2, verse 33 to 35. We want to also look at somebody else in the scripture. Simeon. Simeon was a devout worshiper and follower of God. And the Holy Spirit had promised him that look, because of your devotion to God, you will not die until you have seen the Christ. He so much longed to see the Christ. And the very moment Jesus was brought even into the temple, Simeon recognized that this was the Lord. You need the Holy Spirit to also be able to recognize when Jesus comes. To know what time we are in, you just need the Holy Spirit. It's not just something that you just imagine or you read from a book. You truly need the Holy Spirit to be able to know what time we are in. Praise the Lord. And I pray for someone here today because Simeon was saying, Holy Spirit said, look, you you will not die until you have seen the Messiah. My prayer for someone here today is that (laughs) when it is time to go home, you will not go home. You will not die without having met the Lord. In Jesus' name. Somebody else. Oh, but by the way, remember Simeon also preached Christ when he also met Christ. If you look chapter 2, 29 to 32, you will also see that he preached Christ. Each of them had a message for their generation. Anna, somebody else whose story also interests me. A woman of more than 91 years. 91 plus X. Luke chapter 2 verse 38. Scripture says that immediately she entered at the time that Simeon was dedicating Jesus. She knew immediately that this was the Christ. And what did Scripture say? Scripture said that she preached to all. Luke chapter 2.38. Will somebody just read it? Luke 2.38. Coming to them at that very moment, yes. He gave thanks to God, yes. And spoke about the child to all who we are looking forward to the redemption of. And he spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to. Who was who were looking for redemption in Jerusalem? That we should preach the gospel of Christ. Those of us who have met Christ, that we ought to preach the gospel of Christ. Isn't that so? But I don't know really how many of us today in this time and era truly preach Christ. This is Christmas again. Your neighbors in your home, will you tell them this time about Jesus? That Jesus loves them and that he came and died for them. Will you tell them? Sometimes many of us say, um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, no excuse. The Holy Spirit will just help you. The last time I traveled to Lagos, I was in a bus and the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to talk to these people once again. Talk to them. But somehow, I had this initial inertia. But the Holy Spirit said, okay, ask them about marriages. And I began by asking them. I said, do you people actually think that marriages are failing these days or they are succeeding more than they used to? And I was surprised. The whole boss, hey, discussion started. 
everybody was, even those who were married and those who were not, everybody had something to say. They were saying, yes, marriages are failing now, and they were giving their reasons. Interestingly, when they were giving those reasons, I traced it back to what Galatians said about the fruit of the Spirit. They didn't know that what they were talking about was actually scriptural, if you want marriages to work. But before they knew what was happening, I took it from there and began to preach. And by the time they realized that this man was asking this because he wanted to preach, it was too late. I was already making an altar call. Praise the Lord. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist saw Jesus, he pointed and said, Look, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Andrew said, eh? He said, yes, he is. And what did Andrew do? He followed Jesus. He didn't just follow him. He also went and called his brother, Peter. He said, look, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh the sins of the world. And what did Peter do? He followed Jesus. Jesus also called Philip. And immediately he called Philip. Philip did what? Called Nathaniel. Who have you called? Who will you call today? Who will you call tomorrow? Or will you be like Herod? Who the child was born in his domain. He was not even expecting it. He didn't even know. He had to call his priests and scribes. Please, is it true that they said there is a king that will be born in this vicinity? They said yes. So they searched the scriptures and they found that, oh yes, in Bethlehem. And he said, okay, please wise men, go find him and tell me I will go and worship. But it was in his domain. He had the privilege of actually going himself with them to go and look for this king and worship him. For all you know, Jesus was just born at that time. He had been king for a long time. Before Christ would even grow. Let's assume he was coming to be that kind of king that Herod was thinking about. Herod would likely have even finished his tenor and died. Yet, and so he did not receive Christ. And if you do not receive him, how will you preach him? I'm beginning to conclude. But I'll conclude with the, the, the story of the Samaritan woman. John chapter 4, verse 39. If we read John chapter 4, verse 39 very well, you will see that scripture said that many of the people believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony, because of the things she said to them about Jesus, many believed. Not just that, scripture also recorded that many also came to Jesus. Now, not just coming in their heart, but they came physically this time. And they met Jesus. And when they met Jesus, something happened. They began to plead with him. They said, Master, please, can you stay a little longer with us? Don't be in a hurry to go. But remember, if you read, if you trace it back, you realize that Jesus was, did not really come to stay in Samaria. He was actually going from, 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 from Galilee to Judea. Or was he from Judah to Galilee? But he was on transit. And he had to, says, he had to pass through Samaria. But suddenly, he had the need to stay 
two extra days just because someone brought people to him and he needed to disciple them and to follow them up. Sometimes in this chapel, we say join an activity wing. You don't join anyone. The follow-up is there. Somebody has already brought these people to Jesus. You didn't bring them to Jesus. Now it is time to follow them up. And yet, you are not found there. Scripture said that they urged Jesus to stay. Urged Jesus to stay. Today, will you urge Jesus to stay? He's passing by. He's, he's just going. He's going. He's moving. Will you urge him to stay? He says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So today, Jesus has come again, knocking at the very door of our hearts. Knocking at the very door of our hearts. What will be your response? Will it be the response of the innkeeper? The response of the shepherds? Or the response of Herod? Or the Samaritan woman? Which one will be your response? Let us pray. Come walk with me. The road is straight and narrow. Come walk with me. You cannot walk alone. The road is rough. And there are many dangers. Come walk with me. And I will give you rest. I will see you true. Come walk with me. The road is straight and narrow. Come walk with me. I cannot walk alone. You cannot walk alone. Oh, the road is rough. And there are many dangers. Come walk with me. with me with me Jesus is calling to me the road is straight and he says come walk with me come walk with me you cannot walk alone you cannot walk alone the road is rough and there are many dangers come walk Jesus is calling upon us today again. He says, come walk with me. You cannot walk alone. You have been trying for many years now. Haven't you realized it that you cannot walk alone? The road is rough. Too many dangers. Too many bus stops. Too many parking spaces. Would you just park like that and your life would end like that? He says, come and walk with me. Today is another opportunity for you. You haven't been walking with Jesus. You have never given him your life before to take charge of. 
We will pray with you. Just indicate by raising your hand. Come walk with me. He's waiting. You cannot walk alone. You cannot walk alone. The road is rough. And there are many. Come to Jesus. Oh, come walk with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you. Because, Lord, while we were yet in sin, you sent your son, Jesus, to come into this world and die for our sins. That we, who were in sin, may no longer die to sin. May no longer, leave, may no longer sin, but that we may die even to sin and live with him in heaven. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because you have brought us together, Lord, to remember this day. Thank you for the words that you have spoken to us. We will go out, Lord, and preach the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will go out, Lord, and our generation will know that we have been touched by you. Thank you, Lord, because you are our intercessor. You are our friend. You are the friend of sinners calling us each time to come to you. Thank you, Ets Redeemer. Thank you, Lord, for pleading for us each time. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.